Good evening, everyone. This is Brian here from Global Culture Talk, coming at you from Vienna, Austria. And I'm doing another mobile record, keeping with the theme of flowing with thoughts around globalization, the self, life, and where you find yourself happy in the world, and so many other things. And it's great to be back with you guys. I am enjoying producing this podcast and being back in the flow of audio creation. And I've gotten some lovely comments from a few of you guys who have been listening to the previous episodes on China, on self, on surveillance, on freedom, and a lot of other topics. So welcome back to the show. So this evening, I am thinking about some past things, some nostalgia. I had the evening to myself looking on some of my old favorite movie clips and TV clips from being a kid. And when I look at this stuff and I see not only the memories that I have and the individual nostalgias of that, but I see a glimpse of particularly American pop culture and the way that it has changed in my lifetime, even from early 2000s to early 2010s until now. And there's a lot I could say about it, and I want to break down some extemporaneous thoughts for you guys tonight on pop culture and the change, not only as a result of changes in society, specifically the growth of the internet and social media, but also a change in globalization and a change in the fragmentation of culture again, partially through the internet, but also I want to bring in some personal discussion around the topic of being disembedded from pop culture as a result of being an expatriate, as a result of living outside of one's home culture. So there's a lot to talk about tonight, and I want to start to bring in these themes into the show because one of my missions in doing this is to make sense of and to reach out to those people who can relate to what it feels like to be in a culture that is not maybe what they grew up in and to be in a culture that they don't necessarily feel at home or their complete self in. And also to just comment on culture in general and how it has changed and fragmented and transformed into, at least as far as I can see in my life, very far from the caricatures of TV that I once watched as a 10-year-old kid looking at Disney Channel and Nickelodeon and that whole generation of the 2000s kids who experienced what is arguably one of the last cusps of pre-internet, pre-social media-fied, globalized, fragmented pop culture. And so as I open up this topic, I want to look at, again, this notion of feeling out of touch with pop culture. This is something that I've felt a lot myself. And I talked to a lot of fellow digital nomads or frequent travelers or people who have moved around a lot. And this is one of the themes that I see come up a lot. And I want to create some type of template for understanding that because I think up until now, in our culture and in society, in the respective societies that people lived, I would say up until the past 20 years, 
there was generally a sense that if you grew up in X, if you grew up in the US, or if you grew up in Turkey, or you grew up in China, there was a certain media and a certain pop culture, whether imported from outsources, you know, the, the, the Beatles and all these have always been popular globally. But if in general, there was a certain sense of what media and information and shared media digital identity you would hold. And up until I would say I became an adult and started traveling extensively, there was this sense within me that I belonged to a certain corpus of pop culture from which I participated in that kind of mythos of of being a person and and seeing certain movies and listening to certain music and and so forth. And while there has always been subcultures or dissenting views within any culture and and different, you know, genres of whatever, music, movies and so forth, I feel that in my observation and I think a lot of people in the TV and movie industry would agree with me that that common pop culture in two things happened to it. Number one, it itself, at least in the States, kind of died in around 2009, 2010. I believe there's actually a blog that's called Pop Culture Died in 2008 or 2000, something like that. And number one, that's what happened. And then number two, on a more personal note, but I think more people fit into this category with me as well, is the more you live abroad, especially in non-English speaking environments or non-language of your native tongue speaking environments, the more you become estranged from whatever remnant of pop culture still does exist in your home culture. And again, since this is an English podcast, I'm going to be speaking from that perspective. So I think those two things have happened in some ways concurrently, in some ways not concurrently, those who have expatriated, for example, 50 years ago, who moved to another country, also would experience that feeling of being out of touch with their home culture. But what was different in a previous era is that you would enter a new context, and essentially you would be in an immigration model. You moved from X world to Z world. You moved from the US, maybe you lived in the Gulf or maybe you lived in China, or maybe your family was a diplomat, or maybe your business brought you to a certain part of the world. But essentially, due to the nature of communication and media and culture in the world, if you were in a country that was other than your home country, you could safely assume that you were going to be filling the majority of your consciousness with that new country, or maybe wherever you traveled. But at any given time, there was a certain dominant pop culture that you would be part of. And due to the nature of the internet, most prominently, and also the nature of the movement of people and the excess of media that it now exists, specifically with social media, it's interesting to notice how you can't really escape, number one, the nostalgia and tracks and traceability of a prior identity media-wise, like looking at these YouTube videos and shows of things, like of media that I would never even really come in contact with if I were not able to access it so readily. And then also to just have such a fragmentation and homogenization of what people do currently watch, which is very customized and very different. I don't honestly remember a time where 
I've spoken with somebody, and this could just be me, but I've spoken with somebody who has the same exact things that they've watched. Now, even more extreme might be the example of the 50s or 60s where everyone watched the same five channels. And that hasn't existed for a long time. But the rate and extent to which the fragmentation of media has occurred is so staggering even in the last five to ten years. And to just see how there is essentially no common media culture, that TV as a medium, as a broadcast medium, is essentially moot because all of it is mostly streamed. And this is not news. But what I'm sitting here as I think about these things, and, and, and I'm in my little apartment here in Austria. I'm here for a couple months. I walk around here, for example, and I have no obviously semblance of what media would be Austrian or if it would just be the U.S. or if it would be other sources that are influenced here. And as much as one could learn it, I never, you know, it would take me many years to feel part of the media culture of this place or even of another place that I might know even better or another even English-speaking place. And so I miss, at some level, the feeling of being integrated into a common pop culture. And yet I also see the need and the, and the inevit- inevitability that people's media consumption and cultural identity would, would change, because it's just the nature of the movement of people and the nature of the, of the movement of information that now exists. And so why does this actually matter? So if you look at certain markers of that sense of belonging that I raised, you know, earlier when I opened this podcast, it's interesting to notice how so much of our common shared identity comes from certain knowledge or experiences of watching, listening to, going to, eating to, eating, etc., certain things. And as an expat, it's very interesting to notice that I actually have more in common with other people who don't have anything in common. Like the commonality is a meta commonality. It's it, there is some, there is an identity that is formed, a globalized identity that is formed distinct from any one of this, of the pieces of the, of the whole of the parts. And that is, I think the extreme example of where, of where media culture is headed. But I think even those who do, who do live in one place or who are, who are more part of one certain cultural identity are finding that there is no such thing anymore as that commonality. And that may actually be, for example, a downside to the social aspect of what it is to consume media. And so I often wonder about this and I wonder where it will head. I, I fear that it will go to an extent that there is really just these very siloed, um, non, uh, non-integrated experiences of culture that are so customized to each individual, which at some level is kind of a beautiful thing that one can really hone into relevant interests. But when I, you know, when I sit there and watch my media consumption, which is a fair amount as any as anyone who with an internet connection would have my youtube feed or my facebook feed or my instagram feed is so number one fleeting and not really remembered or integrated into me because it's just so it's just so fragmented but it's also it's it's so distinct to just my own interests so there that social aspect of media definitely changes 
So I think you guys get the point. And I just, I guess in this episode, really want to find a way in which to process that change in a way that doesn't get experienced as, um, as a loss. And I think that until we figure out a way where, where media can be, again, something that, that connects people, I think we will become further increased towards that kind of Wally to, to name a media reference that some of you may have seen that kind of Wally esque dystopian world where everyone's just staring at their individual screen. And I hate to be somebody who decries changes in technology because I like to think that overall things do improve. And I have gained access, for example, to so many hyper specific and very interesting channels around. For example, you know, one that really comes to mind that was in my later kind of burgeoning years was a lot of YouTube, like gay YouTubers, for example, was a huge phenomenon in the early 2010s around seeing examples of people living happy lives with the whole It Gets Better movement and sh- and, and certain videos of couples and, and va- various viral channels. Like that is a common media that I do share among, for example, young gay men who know those individuals and know those media personalities. So the YouTube community in some ways creates a fan base around certain media that is, again, fragmented more geographically or, or kind of um, societally, because that fan base is globalized. You could have people, for example, I have met people who are diehard back in the day, for example, Tyler Oakley fans before he was, you know, before he was more mainstream. And you could meet somebody in Indonesia, in the Netherlands, in Montreal, and in California, who all were young gay men who watched Tyler Oakley. And while, of course, that would have been possible, you know, again, listening to Michael Jackson or the Beatles on some cassette tape, it becomes a a greater... The power to deeply connect on very specific content levels is there because that can go cross-border. But then also somebody right next door, somebody similar age, but different various profile and whatever interest area that is, would have no understanding of that. So again, this is the globalization of media. It's the globalization of pop culture. And so it just requires that one make more of an effort to find those communities of connection should one desire to have that common identity through through media. And I think also with this whole digital nomad movement of people becoming dis- more and more disembedded from their home cultures, what continues to strengthen, what I see strengthening, and it's still not yet necessarily called this yet, or identify there are certain things that are very, um, that tend to fall with, for example, digital, digital nomads, the, the things they eat, the things they watch, the clothing they wear, the places they go. There is a culture that has arisen, a globalized culture that has arisen, that has nothing to do with anything but itself. Like it is, there are things unto, it's, uh, there is a culture unto itself of people who are disembedded. And that is the interesting part around, again, these different theories of globalization is one theory might say that culture dies entirely. One theory might say that culture becomes homogenized and very central and very even more commonalities. One theory might say that it's a hybrid, that something, some kind of mixture of, of local and traditional cultures comes to be. And then another theory might be that an entirely new phenomenon, sui generis, something of, it, of its own category and a culture of its own category 
in a meta sense is what arises. And that's the kind of circle, uh, circle of thought that I would fall into, where I believe that as things get increasingly fragmented, that what happens is meta cultures form because the, the desire to have a common understanding and have it and, and shared me- media memories is something that is, is deeply entrenched into the modern human ever since the advent of media technology. I mean, that has been the, and even before it, even with oral tradition and with certain, uh, and, and with literature and early film, there has always been a commonality around people's desire to have, have media culture. So I just continue to find it interesting to notice what will happen for that. I, I see it becoming, I think, a little bit bouncing back the other direction. I think the, the desire, the movement towards, you know, more traditional models, for example, of film festivals or of, of um, certain media that is offline or print or the nostalgia of, of, of printed photos and so forth is coming back in some ways. But I'm not sure. And um, I just wanted to reach out to those of you who are feeling like you have that cultural dysphoria. And it's not always a bad thing because it gives you new because what what fills that that space, you know, is something else. And I have very grateful when I can, you know, connect the dots of, of various, you know, recognitions of media or advertising or content or famous people or so forth from vastly different parts of the world. And to have had bits and pieces of that so that I'm not only of one culture. And so this whole is life a buffet or is life one dish kind of philosophy comes forward. Because those who would say that trying to do everything actually just destroys one's ability to have a deeper connection might reject that notion. But then those might say you're gaining something because in that opportunity cost of or in that space of being an expert in one culture or in one media paradigm and one set of, again, when I say media paradigm, I mean set of movies, TV, and so forth, a corpus of media in in one certain language or worldview. If one is not so invested in that, then one must obviously be filling that opportunity with other and sometimes very global or internationalized different um, media. So anyway, that's the, that's the thought tonight. I, I welcome anybody's thoughts on this because especially those people who are true third culture kids who grew up in a culture that is not their parents. I did not grow up in that. So I can call upon, again, zero to 18 being the kind of portion of my life where I was not yet really global in my mentality. But noticing what how that shift occurred for me and what remnants of that old self still mean something to me and that kind of nostalgia. And part of it does come with just growing up and moving on in life, but also part of it has, I map my own, and this is what I want to drive home in tonight's podcast as a personal anecdote, is I map my own shift towards that global fragmentation of media culture alongside the global (laughs) or the world's greater shift from the internet itself. Because I I feel like I grew up in some ways with the internet. I I have early consciousness of it without it. I grew up in its in my rudiments, and this is an interesting theory I'll continue to flesh out, but I grew up alongside the process of the internet. So let's do that in another episode. We're coming up here at 20 minutes. But it, continue to look out for the ways that media has changed and how it changes you. Globalculturetalk at gmail.com is the email. 
and I look forward to talking more with you guys soon.